peace to you, and welcome to a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sign up for weekly digital content at richfieldumc.org. Subscribe, share, and get out there with Jesus to heal a broken world. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good experience. This is the sermon podcast for the traditional worship service on September 8th, 2019. The sermon title is The Art of Neighboring, and it's part one of a seven-part worship series called The Neighborhood. The preacher is Senior Pastor Nate Melcher, and the scripture is Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. As our scripture reader comes up, I want to give a little bit of context for today's scripture. We've been reading Acts of the Apostles straight through since uh, June 30th, and here we are as Acts 5 enters kind of a new piece of the story. It's kind of a brief respite, almost a bridge, and this is a moment of celebration in the community for all the ways that the people and the apostles are working together. Today's scripture reading is from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. Verses through 12 and 16. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's porch. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Yet more than ever believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he came by. A great number of the people would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, I'm going to begin today's sermon with a trip in the Wayback Machine to a time long ago in my life when I was very, very, very smart. There I was, 15, walking the drudgery that was the distance from my house to the high school, all two blocks. And there she was, Marnie. Marnie, the older sister of one of my classmates. Sure, we, we didn't know each other very well, and, and sure, Marnie had gone off to college, so I hadn't actually seen Marnie in a long time, and and sure, Marty's family lived on the complete opposite side of town, and, and she had no real business in uh, walking toward the high school on that day, unless she had decided to be cool like me and show up for the community jazz band practice in the summer at 8 in the morning on a Saturday. Yes, all of this was true, but I could tell from across the street and at least a block away, because I was very smart, that was indeed Marnie. And it was up to me and me alone, friends, to screech her name at the top of my lungs while frantically waving one hand and schlepping a trombone case in the other. Marnie! No response. Hmm. Perhaps if I shriek loud enough for my voice to crack. Marnie! Again, no response. Now, it was hard to tell if any of the neighbors were being woken up by this yet. It was time to make sure. So, to make sure they knew it was me yelling, I would not only wave my one free hand, but I would also start to wave the trombone case. Marty! That got her to turn around. And as I saw her and kept shouting her name, I slowly came to realize a hard truth 
About just the same time she confirmed this hard truth as she shouted back to me, I'm not Marnie. (laughs) Not wanting to be, oh, what's that word? Wrong. I shouted back, you're not? To which she understandably said, no. To which I said, for no good reason, well, who are you? To which she said, well, I'm not Marnie, and kept walking on. Embarrassed only slightly more than I typically was at the age of 15, yet embarrassed enough to still recall this incident with crystal clarity 25 years later, I trudged the remainder of the drudge to the high school and joined the community jazz band for rehearsal, where my spirits were truly lifted as we practiced Duke Ellington's Mood Indigo, a really rousing number. Does anyone here have a familiar story, maybe not as embarrassing? Have you ever thought you saw somebody you knew and then, oh, actually, that wasn't who I thought it was? Some of you have had that. We get excited when we see someone who we know. It brings a smile to our face. It lifts up our spirits. I run into former students at, uh, at concerts. I once ran into a friend from Minneapolis while walking through Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I, I see church people at the grocery store. That's always good. I love it. I live for those kind of moments. When I'm out and about, friends, I want to see good people who I know being the good people I know, too. And Jesus wants the same thing. Jesus wants to see good people he knows being the good people he knows, especially to the people who go unseen by too many people. This year, We're exploring the Acts of the Apostles. It's stories of how the disciples and Paul helped to form the early church, and they spread the love of Jesus. And we're looking back at how the early church started to form to help us think about what the church we are is now and the church we want to be in the future, the church that God is calling us to be. And this whole year's worship series is called Activate. And today we kick off the third of these eight mini-series that make up Activate, and this series is called The Neighborhood. In September and most of October, we're going to explore our neighborhoods and ask, who is my neighbor at the local level? Who's my neighbor in the global sense? And who's my neighbor even in our own denomination, which is experiencing a lot of pain and strife right now? We're going to consider how we see our neighbors, how we present ourselves as neighbors, and see what do we think about it, and do we want to do something more. We'll attempt to unite our vision of others and our presentation of ourselves, unite it with the way that Jesus would have us be neighbors with one another on this pale blue dot in the vast of space we call it Earth. If there was ever a worship series to invite your neighbor to, this is it, friends. Today's scripture text is this brief respite between major moments. It's a bridge. We've seen all summer with Acts, the disciples watching the resurrected Jesus ascend to the heavens, and they stand there looking up and looking up and looking up instead of looking left and looking right to see who Jesus has left them with to do good work in the world. We saw them uh, as disciples find a new twelfth to join them from being in a large gathering in the upper room and experiencing the rush of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and asking, what does this mean and what should we do? And Simon Peter says, it's the promise of Jesus. Let's do something with this Spirit. 
We've seen people who came to believe, wanting to be part of a movement bigger than themselves, from amazing healings and restorations to community and defying the authorities to do so. And this moment here, as the apostles walk across Jerusalem after leaving Solomon's portico, it's a bridge to some tougher times ahead in the next few stories, times of persecution and scattering and risk. But for now, it's a high time. Simon Peter and the apostles, they see all the people, and they want them to feel the love of Jesus, and so they share it. People are seeing good happening, and they're excited. Neighbors are joining the movement. They're believing. Now, it's to the point where people are running up to Peter just to walk in his shadow because perhaps they would feel the healing power of Jesus. I kind of hope no one in the city looked just like Simon Peter. I think about my friend Marnie. Maybe there's this guy walking along Jerusalem, looks just like Peter. He looks back, someone's in his shadow. Can I help you? Oh, don't mind us, Simon Peter. We're just trying to experience the healing presence of Jesus. Oh, but I'm not Peter. Shh, shh, bless you, Peter. Bless you. Now, not everyone joins them. The text says some didn't dare to join them because the people held them in high esteem. They didn't dare to join, but the people held them in high esteem. They hold back from identifying with them from membership, but they respect what's going on. They dig what the apostles are doing, and they dig why the apostles are doing it. Their reputation precedes them. Have you ever heard that phrase, your reputation precedes you? It happens as kids get ready for the school year. Uh, They get wind of who their teacher will be or their seven teachers will be. And they want to get the good word on their reputation. What are these teachers like? What will the class be like? What will this classroom, my mini neighborhood, what will that be like for the next year? Tell me the reputation. Now, sometimes it's put back on us. Have you ever met someone for the first time and they say, oh, I've heard so much about you. You ever heard that? That's a good feeling, unless you're truly Minnesotan. Then you say, oh, gosh, well, you can't believe everything you hear, you know. Or, uh, Oh, oh, well, I hope it was all good stuff. Or, well, I don't know about that. Minnesota, just take the compliment. Take the compliment, Minnesota. We all have a reputation, and if it's a good one, take it. What kind of a church are you part of? What is our reputation? What are we known for? And there might be a difference between what we're known for and what we want to be known for. As people, as churches, as Christianity. What kind of a church are we part of? If you were to ask your neighbor if they've heard of Richfield United Methodist Church or they've seen it in action, what would they say? And they go, oh, you're one of those churches that does the families moving forward thing to help families experiencing homelessness, right? Or aren't you one of those churches that started VEEP, the volunteers enlisted to, uh, to assist people? Oh, I remember you. You do the summer movie nights. Uh, Oh, and you do uh, that pumpkin party. Oh, don't you do Elf Shelf around Black Friday so people can buy gifts for their families when they have low or no income? Aren't you that church with the great choir and that really good Living Waters band? Aren't you that church that that pastor goes around screaming Marnie at young women? (laughs) I want to join that church. Here's the thing, you'll never know 
what we're known for if you don't ask. And we'll never know what our neighbors need from us as a church in their community unless we ask. And it will never come up if we don't know our neighbors. Jay Pathak is the author of a book called The Art of Neighboring. And he emphasizes the importance of getting to know those around us. He writes that when you look at your neighbors, you should see people who, at the end of the day, long for a place to belong, a place to be accepted and cared for. They want to do something significant with their lives, something that really matters. So, he says, let's start by learning our neighbors' names. Someone has to break the ice. Why not you? That's a good question. Why not us? The apostles get to know their neighbors with something to share. They share the name of Jesus. It informs their every interaction, and they have it, and it starts to pay off. It always pays off to share the love of Jesus, friends. So you might recall my story about screaming out to Marnie, not Marnie. Six months later, I see the actual Marnie at my classmate's home. It's definitely her. She's in their house. And I, apparently having not been sufficiently embarrassed by the original incident, I decided to tell her about it. Oh, Marty, I saw someone who looked just like you, and I yelled at them to say hi, and then it was completely a different person. Oh, who was it? Well, it wasn't you. Friends, when someone in our neighborhood speaks of wonders being done in the name of Jesus, when a person in a community or classroom shares a story about radical hospitality and extravagant generosity, when a neighbor speaks of a loving neighbor in their neighborhood, who will they be talking about? Oh, I saw someone who was feeding the hungry and giving a drink to the thirsty and welcoming the stranger and clothing the naked and visiting the prisoner. Oh, who was it? Well, it wasn't you. It's all about sharing the love of Jesus. We've been commissioned as a church to do great things. And so you can't do great things without doing the homework to do great things. So you get homework. Did everybody get one of these? If you didn't, we have more at the door. So many more at the door. This is your book that's called See All the People. Remember that little rhyme that you do as the kids? Uh, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. Remember this one? Well, this is some marketing from the United Methodist Discipleship Ministries, one of our general agencies of the United Methodist Church. And this branding is an effort to help churches get out of our church buildings and be the church people. So they say, when it comes to see all the people, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors and see all the people go out into the world to see all of God's people. So this book is to help you see all of God's people in your neighborhood. And last time I checked, all the people in your neighborhood are God's people. Amen. So you got a blank notebook in here. And what I would encourage you to do is to assign a neighbor to each page. 
So take the houses on your block. Take all the different condos down the hall. And take a moment this week to write down, what do I know about my neighbors? Not in a creepy way, okay? But in a how am I connecting with my neighbors kind of way. Do I know if they have a pet? Do I know the pet's name? Do I know the kids in that family? Do I know uh, what they did before retirement? Do I know how long they've lived in this neighborhood? Do I know if they've had any incidents with their garage? What do I know about my neighbors? Now, there might be some where you really fill it up fast. There might be some where all you have is a house number. I encourage you to take the time to just do at least a prelim with this this week. See what you know about your neighbors. We'll talk about this more as we go and see can we fill in more on purpose as a church to know our neighborhoods. Another homework I started to talk about in the uh, welcome is our new email address, breakthroughstories at richfieldumc.org. Friends, I want to hear your stories. And I've been going to these different meet and greets, and we have a new round of meet and greets coming in October, and I've heard your stories, and I want to hear even more. So we've set up this new email address where people can write in any story where you're experiencing God breaking through in your life. If you don't do email yet, that's okay. You can still write it down or call me or just stop by and tell it to my face. I still have one of those. So there's a lot of ways to do this, but anybody who has a breakthrough story where you can email it to me or tell me or send me a letter or give me a call. Anybody who has a breakthrough story where you engage with one of your neighbors in a new way before the end of this series on October 20th, you will get a fancy See All the People luggage tag. Why a luggage tag? Because, friends, we have baggage around evangelism, so we're going to need a luggage tag. So I would love to give all of these away before our series is done on October 20th. Basically, your homework is this. See all the people. Listen to the people. How can you and how can our church share the love of Jesus? Here's an opportunity I hope that you'll join me with. Next Sunday on the 15th is PenFest. Has anybody been to PenFest before? I see some hands. PenFest is great. There's a lot of festivals. You can do this at any festival, but PenFest is where they shut down Penn Avenue in Richfield, and uh, the, whole church, uh, the whole street is closed, and businesses are there with their tents, and they're giving out leaflets, and they're giving out swag, and there's food trucks, and there's music, and there, last year there was a really cool bike uh, stunt set up. It was a great experience. And a few of you have said, well, shouldn't we set up a tent there this year at Penn Fest? That's our neighborhood. I want to do that in 2020. This year, I would love as many people as possible to go to Penn Fest or another festival like it with the intention of not just having fun, but also observing. How are these businesses and churches and organizations engaging with their neighbors? How are they meeting people? We do a pretty good job. That carnival was amazing. I want to see with intention, well, how are other people doing it? How can that give us new ideas for how we might do it too? It's next Sunday from 1 to 5 on Penn Avenue. You can't miss it. You can just walk down Penn. I hope to see you there. Will our neighbors see you there to help meet people? 
Friends, get to know your neighbor. Use your See All the People journal. Write a breakthrough story about getting to know a neighbor. Get your luggage tag. Join the evangelism class to get your pin. Share what matters to you. May we continue to equip ourselves with the Holy Spirit that Jesus has given us to be good neighbors so that many signs and wonders in the name of Jesus continue today and tomorrow. May it be so, and amen. This has been a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, copyright 2019. Now, go into God's world, knowing that you are a beloved child of God, and bear witness to the love of God, so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous friend. Thanks for listening.